week, we're excited to have our uh, new Illinois football coach and former reality television star, Brett Bielema, join us. Um, coach, uh, you've been uh, 60 days in your tenure as Illinois football coach. Uh, growing up in Illinois, coaching against Illinois, you know a lot about the program, know everything. Um, but has it met your expectations? Is there anything that surprised you in the first 60 days? You know, it's a great question, Brad. I would say uh, several things on several levels. You know, I've been very, very excited about, uh, you know, getting in the building and being around our current roster. Um, you know, because of the COVID, we've had limited access and how many times we can bring the whole group in together. But I would say individually had a lot of great meetings, a lot of great conversations. Uh, you know, a number of guys came back. Uh, I think we've been well noted now that we actually have more uh, super seniors back than anybody in the country, which I think is a positive that allow these guys to continue to build on their their time here. Um, but I would say that that was probably the best thing out of the gate. And then uh, recruiting, I think we added a couple of guys in there, both traditional high school student athletes, as well as a few grad transfers that are really uh, having an immediate impact on our program. And then really the staff, you know, I really uh, was able to sit here because of the COVID rules. I was able to sit here in Champaign, bring guys in, kind of focus on one job at a time and, and really play off of one another and, and, you know, build that to a crescendo that uh, my last couple of hires, I think were some of the best things we could add. And um, so those together, I think our current roster, the addition of our new roster and our current coaches that I was able to bring aboard have been really a highlight of where we're at. And your the staff that you brought in, you brought in guys with a ton of college experience, guys who've you know been coordinators and other, you know, coordinator for Missouri, which always bodes well for Illinois fans when you can steal a guy from Missouri, right? They, they, they like that. So has, has there been any, I mean, what, what enabled you to maybe do that? I mean, obviously, you know, you're, Illinois is not a football program that's maybe had great success of late. So what enabled you to be, be able to get those guys? Well, I, I think each guy was an individual story. Um, I've been thinking about the college football for a long time. It's something I've been anxious to get a part of, you know, since I left uh, uh, the college game and been in the NFL the last few years. But case by case, you know, Tony Peterson was a guy offensively who I've known for, you know, 20 plus years, gone against him, competed against him. Uh, have grown in a, a, a relationship that professional business relationship, but also a personal level as a friend that I was able to see him work. Um, tremendous family man. He's, he, he holds all the values I feel to be important, has had a tremendous amount of success with with uh, quarterbacks in every program he's been involved with and had uh, really the effective, effectiveness of being able to move the football, run a game, throw game, as well as, you know, uh, you know, produce complimentary football wins. So that that was a big part. Um, uh, Ryan Walters, different story, came against him as a competitor in the SEC, um, you know, at Missouri, actually was a, a part of a team that was my last game at Arkansas, so saw firsthand what he's capable of doing, but also then to build on that, um, you know, to bring in, I really brought in a, a couple guys, but I only offered the defense coordinator the job to one, one person, and that was Ryan, and he took it, and, and we've been running ever since. Then to add, uh, like you mentioned, Andy Boo and, 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 and also uh, Kevin Kane, both guys that have been uh, uh, defensive coordinators in college football that now they add into the room with Ryan that I think is great. Uh, two former players and Terrence Jamison and Aaron Henry. That's kind of cool. The first time I've ever been able to do that in my coaching career to bring along former players that walk the walk. I was in their living room recruiting them to in their uh, 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 team meeting room coaching them and now to be in the coaching room now coaching them, you know, so it's it's been a full uh, a full pleasure. And then offensively, guys like Bart Miller, who had been on my staff at Wisconsin, you know, the best thing I could say about Bart is, you know, he's a guy that I've seen his career grow and grow and grow, and I couldn't wait to get my hands on him. And that opportunity came to be in his home state, too. And he's, he grew up in Nebraska, but played high school football in Illinois, a, a tremendous asset. Corey Patterson, who you know, 
um, was a holdover from our staff. Didn't know him from Adam, but just that energy, that attitude, that demeanor, his coaching ability, the upside that he was going to bring us on the football field. Uh, really excited to bring him. Um, ben Miller is going to run our special teams, comes from Air Force and tremendous amount of talent. First class individual, great family person, a tremendous amount of respect what Troy Calhoun has done at Air Force. And Ben's been a huge part of that. Uh, played in the NFL himself as an offensive lineman, actually was a GA here at Illinois. Uh, just an added bonus. And then the last guy, George McDonald, to bring uh, kind of bring the culmination at the end with a former uh, Illini football player that someone shared the field with with uh, Josh and, and was able to bring in full circle an alumnus to the group, to the coaching staff was very important to me. Yeah, George McDonald, I have this one of the strangest stories. I was uh, they were cleaning out the lockers back in like 19. It was like 1996. And I have a pair of George McDonald Ashford shoes um from from there they have his number i was like i don't know how i got him but somehow i ended up with those so uh weird weird small world i guess so uh, you mentioned the 2021 the 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 super seniors and i think that probably those are really important for you for next year uh, being able to compete does that change maybe the outlook for next season for you guys you know we'll, we'll see the proof will be in the pudding right um i think what what kind of swayed me in that moment was to be quite honest when josh picked me up in uh in Jersey and we went to the Penn State game that night and I saw those guys fight and compete and the next day it came full circle I brought them in the team meeting room and talked about where we stood moving forward and and uh, I basically made a comment in that room that listen if you're in this room I know your family um, you've already been here I've been a part of, of other places in the past but now I'm coming into this family and anybody that's in this room you're invited to come back here and help us win as many games we possibly can next year and see where we can take it and with that I think a lot of them jumped on board to be quite honest uh, I think Kramer and uh, Palcho were two of the first to sit in my office and say, yeah, we're in, um, you know, and then I kind of just kept working my way down the list and not in any particular order, just kind of as they came up. And, and um, it was important for me to realize and tell them, listen, I'm coming to be a part of your family. Now I get it. I'm at the front of the room. Now I get to make decisions and do things, but I wanted everybody in that room to know that we all loved on, on the same level and that, you know, this is the Illini family from the get go. And that's the way we're going to start. So as you get ready for this first game in Memorial Stadium this fall, I, I, I go back historically, and you may remember this, like, you know, Mike White, first game, he comes out, first play, they throw it deep. And he gets a standing ovation because people wanted to see that. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. You don't have to sell it, but do you have a plan for that first play? It's going to sell. Maybe let's throw it to the tight end because people have been complaining about that. Don't run it too deep. I mean, what what is going to be the selling? What you got, Do you have a plan to just really get people bought in that first play? Well, there's a plan that's a lot bigger than the first play. Uh, you know, <laughs> so the plan uh, is, is built to one to sustain success. And I'm not uh, trying to, uh, you know, avoid the question. I'm just being honest. Like there's a plan that's in place that'll build us success for more far beyond the first play, first game, first season, first year, uh, first decade, hopefully. It's going to be something that builds us success for a long time. And I think for us as coaches, you know, the play that will run that first play in, in, in our opener will be the one that gives us the greatest chance to have success. And, and that'll be based on, you know, could be a variety of different things. What's the health of our team at that point? Who's the strength of our, of our roster? What, what does our defensive opponent give us? What's the weather like on that day? What time is the game at? Uh, all kinds of different things that factor into what you can do to have success. I think if you try to pre-plan or coordinate something that's, that's you know, really false, then you're gonna get false results in the end. Um, so we'll try to base everything we do on reality. You're a, you mentioned, you know, I feel like I've done a deep dive into Brett Bielema on the, you know, being Brett Bielema video over the past uh, week or two. And, and, and as I look at this, you, you talk about goals a lot and setting goals. 
how do you, what, what goals do you set a uh, short-term, long-term? How do you, how, how do we get Illinois to a program where it's, uh, you know, back when you played against Illinois, they were winning. That was the last time actually they've won eight or more games back-to-back seasons. How do you get to that? You know, what, what goals do you set? How do you achieve those? You know, Brad, it's a great, and they have to be uh, in a variety of different areas, right? So really from day one, when I got here, there was four aspects that I concentrated on daily was the recruitment of the current roster, the recruitment of future rosters, the recruitment of our staff, and then for us, uh, just outreach, all right? So outreach within the university, outreach within the alumni, outreach within the football uh, alumni, outreach to our fan base, outreach to the state of Illinois. For us, the us to be able to sustain success and and be be a, a program that our state is proud of, we have to represent our state, right? We have to represent what the people of Illinois are all about. You know, you have obviously the, the, the Chicagoland area, you have Central Illinois, Western Illinois, Southern Illinois, and everywhere in between. And what you have to do is, is build something that appeals to that crowd, right? So that they can have excitement during the course of the week and show up on Saturdays, uh, either physically in the stands or, or through, or through support on the uh, social media or on TV, whatever it is, it's going to take all of us. So I think that's been an overriding theme is, you know, I do have short-term goals. I do have long-term goals. Um, one of the things that we've talked about repeatedly is to, to own the state and to put ourselves in a position that if we can get the best players in the state to stay and be Illini, we're going to be in a better place. So that's a huge emphasis on us on a daily basis. Um, today, our, our coaches take uh, the third, well, it's the second week. Next week, we'll wrap it up where we've reached out to every high school coach in the state of Illinois and uh, let them know that we're here. And it's not just a one-stop shop, right? This is going to be something that we continue uh, for years to come because we have heard from coaches like, yeah, I've heard this before. We'll see how long this lasts, but our proof has to be uh, in reality, right? We have to tell them and show them what we're going to do daily. I would say really long-term goals, you know, um, what, what Josh and I have talked about is really, you know, we want to try to win and do things now and do things in a way that we can get wins, but on the same account, I'm not going to skip a step to get where we need to be, right? We want to we want to have sustained success for years to come. You know, uh, you know, as we film this podcast today, it's the five-year anniversary of Josh's opening press conference. And, you know, I wasn't there for the first five, but I plan on being there for a lot more than the next five, you know, and, and for us to do that, we have to build it in a way uh, that we can have success year after year. Is there a, uh, you, you had some time and obviously you were extremely successful at Wisconsin, you know, three straight rolls, Rose Bowls and, and did well in the big 10 and you go to Arkansas to be honest, you actually turned that program around a little bit and, and had some success. You know, last year maybe wasn't what you expected, but d- did you learn more from maybe winning at Wisconsin or struggling a little bit at Arkansas? Which kind of taught you more about the college game here? You, you know, Brad, it's a great question. And, and obviously you always learn from your success, right? So uh, the success I had at Wisconsin was also deeply rooted in what I learned as a player, um, what I learned as an assistant coach, what I learned as a coordinator, uh, you know, I was able to work under Hayden Fry, Kirk Ferentz, uh, 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 Bill Snyder, and Barry Alvarez. Those are great mentors to be around. Um, and then obviously been with Coach Belichick now and Joe Judge in the NFL and great mentors again. But the part that I think defines all of us, man, is we are defined more by our moments of adversity and adversity than we are by our moments of success. Um, if we just sit around and, you know, smell the roses and feel great about everything when we're winning, that's going to be one thing. But it's when you get knocked down and you got to get back up. Um, you know, 12 years as a head coach, I've went to tw- 10 games, 10 bowl games out of 12. The only two I didn't go to were my first year at Arkansas and my last year. In between those two years at Arkansas, I had three straight years of bowl games with two two back-to-back bowl victory wins. Uh, Could have had a third, but the uh, ball didn't bounce the right way. Could have managed the things a little bit better. But you learn from those moments for sure. And, and 
when people are firing shots at you and you have to you know, live to be humble, that, that's a great learning moment for all of us. And, you know, uh, to, to come full circle now, to be in my home state, to be in an environment that when people mention different cities and towns and programs, I know exactly where they are. A lot of times I know people that have been in those programs um, the last several weeks to be on recruiting phone calls and talking to parents who, you know, a, a parent might have went to Illinois State. Well, my sister went to Illinois State. She was a Redbird, right? So, I, uh, you know, they, they are from different parts of the state that went to areas that I know in different parts of the country, right? So there's a lot of similarities and familiarity with people now that, that makes this job a lot easier and I think very exciting to be a part of. As, as you, you know, we talk about, you know, re replenishing your roster and filling these needs and you're really focused, I know, on 2022. Uh, uh, recruiting obviously is, is much different right now in the middle of a pandemic. How, for last time you were in college, you know, it was obviously you could have kids on campus and you can, you can do it differently. How, how much of a change has it been for you over the, you know, from the last time you were in college with all the Zooms and the, and also even the transfer portal, there's like 3000 kids or something in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world for sure. The first is, you know, here it is room I sit in. This is my Zoom room, right? It's a professional <laughs> camera. I need as much help help as I can get, all right? So we have a, a lighting and, 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 and sound and everything. So when we do these Zoom calls, they're effective and they're good. We're not just looking at a coach sitting in a, at a desk and, you know, with a bunch of stuff behind him, right? I want them to believe and, and see what we're talking about as Illinois football. We'll take kids on Zoom visits where we go through the entire Smith Center and showcase what a great building that this is, what Josh and his people and donations were able to bring in and build us here in our, our Smith Center. Um, I think the other thing that you mentioned, obviously recruiting is a totally different animal. So when I first got into recruiting in 1993, I guess it was as a GA at the University of Iowa, it was traditional high school recruiting, maybe an occasional junior college recruiting, but for, for the most part high school. Now I've designed a recruiting wing that is really totally different, really even to a lot of our competition. And it, it was driven a lot off of what I learned in the NFL. In the NFL, you have two personnel groupings. You have basically the NFL personnel director and the college personnel director. NFL looks at all NFL players of all 30, 31 teams, 32 teams total, that looks at every player on those rosters and how they can help them through free agency or you know any type of trades, anything like that. And then you have the draft guys through college football, right? So the way the game has evolved now, our recruiting department is set up really in an overall executive uh, director, uh, Pat Hamilton, who will kind of see personnel and recruiting. But then I also have a college personnel director who will oversee all college personnel, uh, transfer portal, grad transfers, junior college transfers, and traditional transfers. And then I'll have a high school personnel director who will basically you know, guide and, and, and oversee the uh, uh, evaluation of all high school athletes in the state of Illinois, but also across the country and out of this country as well. So it's set up like an NFL model. A lot of the things that we're doing are trying to be a little bit more NFL friendly uh, to allow them to come in and recruit our players, but also allow our players to grow and understand what it's going to be like at the next level. Um, and it's a recruiting tool that we use. Um, uh, Patrick Pearson, who, who will uh, work with our guys, both during the recruitment of them out of high school or college uh, through the uh, development of them in our program and then the release of them into the NFL or in their life that works on, you know, their social marketing, their uh, name, image, and likeness, all the things that, that, allow them to be who they are in today's world as we know it, which is a little bit different.
You mentioned the Smith Center. Obviously, that's a huge recruiting tool uh, for Illinois. It's a it's a great facility. Um, is there is there any other like if you had to make you know changes uh, upgrades that you would like to see to Memorial Stadium? I know you haven't maybe had as much time to look at that um, thus far. But is there are there some other changes that you're kind of look for down the road to to bring everything else up to the level of that Smith Center? Well, there's one easy answer to that. Yeah, it's one column. It's called the win column, right? <laughs> if you win games, uh, good things happen, right? Everybody likes to associate themselves with people that win, and that has to be a priority for us. We have to put ourselves in a position to win, and before we can do that consistently, we got to win in the classroom. We got to win on the recruiting world, and you know, just a simple fact like that, like high school recruiting, you know, it's 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 anxious and it's eager for for my coaches to come in and they're going to compete with everybody in the Big Ten, and we're not going to back down from anybody, but. You can't ignore 40, 50 years of history. Uh, people that have been able to do things in the, in the, in the short-term history that we haven't been able to do. Um, but one area that we can compete on right away is, is probably grad transfers. A lot of times grad transfers are looking for opportunities to get on the field in areas where maybe you haven't had it the right way in recruiting or you've been leaned up by injuries. But, you know, those guys, we, we've been able to take program kids from programs that, you know, have just won national championships, guys that have been in a, a – uh, a, a power five championship games, guys that have been in the college football playoffs year in and year out. And that brings culture into your program right away of winning and, and expectations on how you need to prepare to win and, and let guys know, Hey, you may have thought you were doing things right, but look what that got you. This is what you need to do. So there's a lot of things that go into what we're doing here right now. Um, don't need to give away any family trade secrets, but I can tell you there's a daily plan and a daily agenda to get us where we need to be um tomorrow so that we can make sure that if tomorrow's good then friday's got a really good chance to be even better and if we just keep stacking days if we keep our agendas uh, at a premium you know that this is what we're working this is what we're focusing on today i asked our guys to jump into an eight-week training program of mental social and physical development that's what they're concentrating on um, once we get through that then we'll go into a five-week phase of spring football where we'll practice three days a week we'll meet three days a week they'll have a day of recovery on the back end so if they can just learn how to keep stacking days and get where they want to be, I think good things can happen. Yeah, transfer portal obviously is a, a big component of this recruiting now. And it, have you you've added some guys who can come in and help you uh, win immediately? Is there, or do you still have openings now? Are you still looking at guys because there's more guys popping in there daily? And I know you've added a few, but do you still have openings for those spots? Absolutely. You know, we uh, we purposely kept a couple back of our initials. Uh, so that we could have somebody that we needed to take immediately. Uh, there's always the opportunity to sign guys to the blue shirt or, or, or a player that we can't put on scholarship until the beginning of next fall. Um, so we're always looking at ways to creatively manage our roster. One of the things that the NFL did teach you is it's a moving roster. And I think that has to be taken into effect here. I'm not oblivious to the fact as a head coach, listen, I got a lot of super seniors back, a lot of juniors, sophomores, freshmen that came back who could have gone out and used a one-year transfer rule with COVID. But um, I'm not going to be, uh, uh, again, oblivious to the fact that we're not going to make things easy, right? They're just beginning to scratch the surface. This, this workout they just went through this past Saturday as a team uh, was their most intense workout, got a lot of reactions. We wanted to physically challenge them in ways and then make them communicate with one another. We had leaders appointed to certain groups that when they got tired, they could either continue to lead their group or act as an individual. Some succeeded, some failed, all right? But to get them where we need to be, we need them to be at their best when it's at its worst. And, and for us to do that, we're going to put kids in uncomfortable situations. And some of them are going to tap out, all right? If they tap out and they're going to move on to the next opportunity, then we'll find next man up, all right? For those that choose to stay, they're going to build something that will reward them, not only in the near future here, but in the lifetime they have in front of them.
Yeah, you're you're the same age I am. You know, you I'm I'm 51, so we 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 can relate there. Grew up in Illinois in that time period, but when I started playing, you know, I, I was basketball and uh, baseball. Analytics were not as prevalent when we were younger. You know, it was kind of old school stuff. Over the course of your coaching career, obviously, it's it's changed. It's become more analytics driven. How, how have you evolved uh, in looking at analytics over the past, you know, 20 years? You know, a little bit of everything. Um, so I've always been fascinated with numbers, thought I was going to be an accountant growing up. But as soon as I jumped into uh, uh, I, I did well in financial accounting, but cost accounting got me. So I'd like the more numbers got complicated, the further I want to remove myself. So um, but analytics during my uh, uh, first coaching job um, at Wisconsin and then also at Arkansas began to evolve a little bit more. And then in the NFL really taught me a lot more about how to apply to analytics. But analytics are also individual choices of what you want to see and what you believe in. Um, a lot of times these guys carry around these magic books and talk about the analytics. Those are always good when they work, but what they don't talk about is when they don't work. And, and that's what I've seen bring people to their knees. Uh, I've seen team coaches get fired this year in the NFL. Some some people that really believe in the analytical march um, that were, were, were the uh, flag carriers for those things that have cost them their jobs, you know? So I think you got to constantly understand what analytics mean, how they affect your team. What we talk a lot about is football one-on-one, right? So I teach a class a couple times a week with our players that talk nothing about X's and O's, but more about uh, words, phrases, and situations that will make you a better football player. And I think that's the part that has probably drawn me closer to our roster more than anything. They, they're just a sponge for what we've been giving them. I'll show them samples from their film from a year ago. Uh, we looked at the national championship game. We looked at the uh, college football playoffs. We looked at the Super Bowl. We did a preview of the scouting uh, report for the Super Bowl uh, on the Friday before that Sunday. And I remember I'm sitting there watching the Super Bowl and I talked about the way they needed to rush uh, Tom Brady. And, and, uh, and early in the game, I got a text from Hightower, who's a wide receiver for us about pass rush, you know? So here's a wide receiver that's thinking about pass rush. And you get guys thinking about football, talking about football, usually good things can happen. Yeah, that's great stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting um, how, how you, when you were at Arkansas, you talked about how uh, one time, you know, you, you won a game. And I remember watching the ESPN thing. Of course, I, in my deep dive into Brett Bielema, I, I saw you, you beat LSU 17-0. And I, I think you were on, they were talking to you about it. And they said they knew you were going to win. And you, you kind of felt you were going to win going into that week because, and, and your quote was, I know my team. And, and at that point, you had gotten to that point where you knew your team. How long is it going to take you to know this team before you get to know them? You know, I don't know if there's ever a time on it, to be honest, Brad. Like, you, you, you first have to get to know them individually, right? So every, every roster is made up of, you know, 110 to 120 players individually. And you have to know how those players act and how they respond in adverse moments before you truly know who they are. Because, again, everybody has a persona when everything's going right. But when it gets tough, that's when you need to find out what people are made of. So I'm going to have to put them in those moments. They're going to have to live through them. Um, I also think about the first time I ever won a Big Ten championship. I was sitting in the locker room. We had been defeated at the end of a game on really a Hail Mary type situation. And I told our guys leaving the locker room um, when we got done with the game, I said, listen, before we played the game today, I thought I knew we had a Big Ten championship team. But today, leaving the locker room with a defeat, I know we have a Big Ten championship team. And we went on to win one. And, and I think that is part of being a head coach. That you have to see beyond what's just in front of you. You have to see where you're going to go and where you could possibly end up at and, and get them the truest definition of a coach is someone that can take a player to a place he's never been. And, you know, if we can take a group in that same environment, that same feeling and take a group of young men to a place they've never been, um, that's going to give us great results. Right. And I don't know 
what it means. I don't know exactly how many wins, but if, if we all can finish the year next year, if me as a head coach, Ryan Walters as a D coordinator, Tony Peterson as an offensive coordinator, all my assistant coaches, every player on our roster, if we played and coached the best year of our life, there's going to be a lot of good things that have happened. Um, so that's what we got to try to do. There, uh, looking at and kind of switch gears, talk college football in general. It's there's been some talk about a, a lack of parity when you have you know it's like the Alabama Clemson Invitational every year, you know. And how do we? How can you change that? I mean, obviously, maybe getting Illinois there would be a cool way to change that. You know, get one more team in there, but uh, but how do you? How do you change? What's college football need to do to trying to make give make it more competitive? Well, I do, I do see the, 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 the comparison and why people say that. I think there's uh, some built-in advantages to schools across the country that, because of what they've established over the period of a long time, you know, they've been able to uh, get certain recruiting advantages, certain um, things that may, may come a little bit easier to them than other places, but those are just things to talk about. What you got to do is start, start to work about it, right, and do things about it. Um, uh, I, I think the part that's unique in college football, everybody said, what's the biggest difference between college football and NFL football? When NFL, you evaluate and then you select your players. Uh, in college football, you evaluate and then recruit and hope they select you. So there's a dramatic difference there. Um, you know, it, it literally, as some programs, they can recruit and develop, you know, you know, anywhere from five to ten first-round players in every draft or in every recruiting class. In the NFL, you only get one, you know, usually one, maybe two, first round picks if you got a trade or whatnot. Um, so for those of us that aren't able to be at that same level right now, um, we got to recruit and develop and, and bring aboard players that are best for our program to develop and build and see where it goes. Um, ready made is not going to be the answer at Illinois right now, but we can definitely put ourselves in a position that every year we get closer to that. And that's what we're working on. Is there a, so now that that's the, some good football talk and it, it's important, obviously as football coach, we got to get to some really important stuff. You've had 60 days in Champagne. Have you had any really good pizza food? I mean, what, what's been good since you've gotten into town? I mean, what have you enjoyed? Well, I've really enjoyed everything. Um, I, I just haven't because of COVID and here's what, you know, the thing that I'm dealing with, I, literally every day there's different tasks every day that need to be followed through on a daily basis. So, you know, if I get caught in either contact tracing or, or get COVID itself, like it would knock me out of the building for a period of 10 to 14, maybe even longer. And I, so I've been just been very cautious. I literally come to work, get tested every day and then go, uh, go crash at the, at the, at the Hyatt where they got me locked up at. Um, <laughs> just, just, you know, it's been awesome because there I've been able to bring in also different personnel, uh, different hires that I've been able to bring in during the course of the day. I usually get back to the hotel and the lady, you know, eight, nine, and I can bring them in and talk to them if it's somebody I've never met before. So the next day when I interview them, it's not meeting them for the first time. So it's, it's really been ideal for that. Um, haven't really been in the community. My wife and I bought a lot uh, last week. We're going to build a home uh, here. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll start breaking grounds with uh, uh, Hallbreck Homes that, that I'm just excited to lay some roots down and, and, and build a house that I got two beautiful girls that hopefully we can uh, call this their home for, all the way through their educational career. Uh, it's just something that I really, my wife and I have been looking for an opportunity to settle into a great college town and a great environment. And I think this is what we, we, we've been waiting for and hoping for. Um, my babies were in town this past weekend, so we we're able to kind of enjoy uh, that a little bit. But again, just to protect them, haven't been around. Have had some uh, local uh, deliveries, right? So um, everybody's recommending uh, uh, different pizza joints. They can see my size, like I might realize I might like to eat a little bit. Uh, I'd say the highlights have been uh, some maize uh, 
maize delivery uh, or some people grabbing some maize, um, uh, Mexican food, a uh, variety of different pizzas. Uh, 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 Josh put me on right away, uh, the bowling alley pizza, which was pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, and then uh, I didn't think you'd go to a bowling alley to get pizza, but it's been pretty live. Um, and then really just kind of just a variety of different things. Uh, a couple of the country clubs have brought in lunch for us a couple of times for coaches. So there's just a lot of people that love to give support and, you know, it's part of what makes Champagne great. I've had a lot of uh, former players that I worked with in the NFL. They shot me right away their favorite restaurants to maybe go <laughs> eat or, or be a part of. So it's it's kind of been one for the for the history. Yeah, it's a it, it's a, there's a lot of good eateries there. I, I don't know if it compares with you know being in a big city, but it it does a pretty good job for a small town. I, I you mentioned your daughters. I, I'll tell you as a as a father of three daughters myself, it's a, oh, there's wow. nothing like that. You know, it's uh it's really a, a unique thing to have you know three girls and being a girl dad. It's pretty cool. So uh, enjoy it. it. Is. Mine, mine are old, so uh, older. So uh, but it, it's it's fun watching them grow up. As you kind of go now, important you're building a house. So we, we got another important question. Um, is it more important to have the awesome pool outdoor space or the man cave, which is the most important part of that? You know, uh, I've kind of evolved, right? So I had children later in life because early in life, I didn't have a wife, right? So that's <laughs> prohibited uh, children. So I didn't meet Jen until, uh, uh, until, you know, I believe I was in my fifth or sixth year at Wisconsin. We got married my last year uh, there. And then uh, obviously our time together in Arkansas. So um, I had the man cave at my first place, but that was a bachelor pad that uh, um, um, has been remodeled down to a family home and little, got a little bit. It's recruiting is such a huge aspect now. So our home has some great elements to it that uh, we'll build into it that we put on paper. Now we just got to make it become reality. Um, we're actually going to hold off on the pool until our girls are a little bit older. I've just seen and heard too many things that I don't like about having little kids with around pool. So I love a pool. I was a lifeguard early in life. So we've got it all laid out. It's just not going to get big. <laughs> know how to swim so we'll hold off on that but i do have an illini wing that uh it'll be kind of a a, a huge uh, office area for me to be able to functionally also the zoom world has taught you you can do a lot of things now remotely um in, in especially during certain times of the year so i have an office set up that'll have all my exos video recruiting all the tools but also then when you can have recruits on campus to your home allow them to see you know i got a lombardi trophy that i want to show <laughs> off, a couple big 10 trophies that i want to show off i want to show off eventually the hardware we weren't learn learn win here at illinois but that is right adjacent to a cabana uh, that will be set up for the uh, pool use eventually when that comes into effect as well so so it's so the answer is both right you will just both. start with the man yes. cable add the add the uh outdoor pool setting later is there a as you kind of uh you know as you look at the position position grouping real thing somebody asked this question like what if you had to pick one position grouping that's the most important for you um what is it and after offensive line what's second so as you kind of look at these <laughs> things what, what what position grouping is the most important well i think without a doubt offensively you know the o-line starts the foundation of what you build right like so like that house we were just talking about you start building the second floor bedroom right you start in the foundation in the basement and build it up there so O-line play and D-line play is essential for our growth as a program. That's got to be primary, uh, primary number one. Um, but I think offensively, the trigger man is going to be very important, right? We got to find someone who fits and believes and molds into what we believe in offensively, right? So we want to make sure we're able to advance the football. We got to be able to possess the football at the right time. We can't beat ourselves, right? I, I stress to our players all the time, more games are lost than won. And by that, I just mean that a lot of times guys – people give away the game before they actually have the other team win it. And we can't do that. We just, 
work too hard, too many people sacrifice too many things to give games away. So we have to have a quarterback that can that can handle the game. But also, you know, I, I learned this one from a couple of quarterbacks in my past. Uh, it's when quarterbacks need to be at their best when everything else is at its, be- at its worst around them. So it's a third and six. You got a pattern called. You got to read. It's not there. Defense defended it. Now what are you going to do? How are you going to create a play? How are you going to make something happen? Um, defensively, it again, it will start from the up front back, you know, the, the D-line play. But I think it's very important uh, for us in today's world defensively, we have to have corners. We have to have corners or secondary players that can make corners play better um, as, a, as a primary recruiting asset, right? Um, you know, the, the signal caller on defense is always your middle linebacker. So you got to have someone there that can communicate. And then I will tell you the big factor too, and it's not just a coaching cliche with me, uh, special teams are everything, right? So our offensive and defensive coordinator is important. Ben Miller will run our special teams. I tell you, to have a punter, a kicker, a snapper, and a holder that can perform under pressure is going to be at a premium, all right? So um, for us to win those tight games, to win those windows that we should win, we have to be able to perform uh, as a specialist group in key moments. And, and that's got to be a big part of what we're building here as well. So, so, all right. So we'll wrap up here. I'm, I'm coming over. Brett Bielema, your house is finished. All right. I'm coming over. And I noticed from your uh, videos that you, you're a foodie. You like to cook. Mm-hmm. You like to cook. It was like every Thursday night. That was like kind of your time. And then, you know, things like, so what am I having when I come over to Brett Bielema's house? What, what are you making for me here? In your uh, new kitchen? You know, I'm, I'm uh, uh, in the kitchen. We'll probably uh, uh, do some type of medley vegetable, uh, uh, anything that, that, that green is good. My mom taught me right. And, uh, love, uh, love different uh, saute, stuff like that. But I would probably uh, find my way to the back of the house, out to the grill. And that's where the real work gets done. Um, you know, my wife loves uh, uh, her uh, salmon. So we'll have probably a little salmon on the side for her. I'll probably go with a ribeye myself. But uh, um, all the accessories is what I kind of love. I love to make a tomato, mozzarella, balsamic. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, white onion uh, uh, spring salad, I think is always awesome. Like, I like the accessories. I know I look like a meat and potatoes guy, but I'm more about the accessories. So, uh, but it's also about who you're with. Um, you get invited to my house, you're going to be a good dude because I, I don't let a lot of people in that, that don't believe in what I believe in. So uh, I think it's about the brotherhood and the fellowship, but it's about the people you're around. That's good. That's good. So that, that's good to know. I, I, I like all those things. So if I ever get the chance, then I know I'm going to, I'm going to eat well. So I actually saw the, uh, I saw the mozzarella, tomato, uh, you know, onion. Yeah. On the, oh yeah. On you the, saw the dinner. Yeah. I yeah. saw the dinner. So that was good. That's it. Now, one thing I'll tell you, one thing that we do, and I'll wrap this up. I'll give you, and I know this is a segue something. Uh, one thing we, we get all the snow on the ground. One thing that my family does, and I know this is relate to you a little bit is every, every day when there's snow on the ground, my wife gets up and makes cinnamon rolls for my kids when there's snow on the ground. I know that has kind of a, a personal connection for you. So that's kind of our tradition. And so, um, you know, awesome. I, so I just wanted to uh, give you that one. And hey, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got to get back out on the recruiting trail and find some more, or the recruiting Zoom trail and uh, find some more kids and uh, uh, to, to get this program rolling. Really appreciate you. I'm very excited. I know Illini Nation is really excited to have you on board and uh, uh, we're really excited for the future. Appreciate it, Brad. Thanks for having me, man, brother. I-L-L. I and I.